What is up, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple H Podcast. Happy Hour Hoops. Season started. We got basketball back in full force. It's every night. It's Happy Hour Hoops with Steve, Jake, and myself. Today, we're going to be talking everything from the latest news and notes since the season has started about a week and a half in. So good or bad, teams that have surprised us thus far. I got a few things to get off my chest at the towards the end of oh the boy. episode. And then we are going to be having another draft. A draft of non-household names. So somewhere between the stars and the role players in this league. I guess they could be role players as well, but we're going to be drafting those guys. So how are we doing, fellas? Oh, Let's talk doing? hoops. We're doing great. We get to talk regular season basketball finally. Yeah. Best, uh, best sport in the world has returned. It's been – I'll be honest with you guys. I'm gonna be, I'll be perfectly honest. I've, I checked out on the World Series. I checked out on yep, the primetime football <laughs> games. I was like – I told my buddies, I'm like, just give me score updates because I got two screens and I got two basketball games going at all times right <laughs> yep. now. Couldn't be more excited, Donnie. We finally get to talk some regular season basketball. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. And, you know. Don't want to don't spoil anything, but you know the the Mavs are looking all right yeah. so far. They're looking okay. The Mavs are looking great. Oh boy, Jake, yeah, Jake. I, how about you? Where's the excitement I, at? I legit. I'm with Steve. I've not watched a single second of or did not watch a single second of baseball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's over now. By you, the way, if people were wondering. Yeah, now yeah, we don't don't care anymore. D- didn't even wasn't worried about it. Uh, the football game Monday. Thought about watching it, and then I saw those jerseys, and I said, "There's no way I'm fucking watching this for two hours." The atrocity <laughs> so of bad man. going on, and that'll be tonight too. I ain't watching this terrible ass, gross. 13 to 10 football game even wow. we got the we got Wemby versus Durant round two we got TNT double five. header come on hey, now let's, yeah. let's lock in <laughs> like yeah it's it is a great time last night I finally got to sit down I had a screen of bat I had the Cavs on one screen I had the Sabres on my laptop I had wrestling on the other screen and it was like I was whole again I felt like a yeah like the whole version of Jake in that moment but it's great to have hoops back and I can't wait to break it down with y'all yeah, it's funny you mentioned the TNT doubleheader on Tuesday night. Me and my roommates were sitting on the couch, and yeah. it was it was a bit before either of the games started, but we just had like a, a random station on. No one was watching. It was a commercial, and I was like, "Yo, hey, you guys mind if I throw on TNT?" And they're like, "What's on TNT?" And they're like, "The game's not on yet." I'm like, "Bro, we got we got Shaq, Chuck, the Jet, and Ernie for a half hour." Dude. That's <laughs> what do you mean? What's oh on TNT? God. That's also, time TV. If you are a Mac subscriber, my favorite thing was being home yesterday, working from home Wednesday, and inside the NBA, fully uploaded to Max the night oh, after. Yeah. And I just got to lock in because I always go, I always went back last year, watched the clips on YouTube, mm-hmm. but it's not the same. Cut up everything, whole show uploaded after. That oh, is awesome. the a gift from heavens to basketball fans. I can't wait to do that all year long too. Yeah, I, I mean it. that's that's a great little note there. I got I'm gonna have to look into that. That's awesome. Yeah, love inside the NBA. Love love those guys. I mean, I think even outside, even if they weren't talking about basketball, I'd be entertained. But it's just just that much better that they're three Hall of Famers. Ernie might as well throw Ernie Johnson to the Hall of Fame. It's the basketball Hall of Fame. It's not the basketball playing Hall of Fame. He might he might have a spot in there. Um, but yeah, 
We love it. It's back. It's October. It's the best time of year for sports. And we have news and notes because, unfortunately, for some, there's some injuries. There's some trades. And let's just let's just start about our favorite character in this uh, NBA universe. Just rip the band. Yeah, this Harden. might be it, though, right? Listen, yeah. Listen, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Until, this is the last we'll hear of him. Until January when he's mad at Paul George for stepping on his sneaker or something. <laughs> How about um, that look? That the, the Terrence Mann meme, I've saved that to my phone and we'll be using that endlessly. What a great great shot of him in the background there just no notes yeah just not not entertained not phased um james harden traded to the clippers my first note i have here is yuck because we have to talk about him at the top of a show again um second and i will talk about the clippers clippers obviously because it's the most intriguing side of the trade but i want to just no 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 need to preface this do you guys just think what we've seen so far and what the deal looks like do you guys think the sixers got better by doing this deal is there any way that's possible for this season do you think the sixers not for, not for this season I, I don't think either team got better <laughs> to be honest. I, I, de- I definitely don't think the clippers did i was i was wondering if uh you guys thought the sixers might have i mean uh... Uh, yeah, I don't I don't necessarily know if I believe that, but I do think it was pretty incredible the haul they were able to get back um for James, especially yeah. in the stuck spot that they were in. I mean, you got obviously it's a bunch of no no like not meaningful guys, right? Like Covington, Marcus right. Morris, Nick Batum. I think guys that will help and maybe add some toughness to this Sixers depth, team that they were lacking. Least, right? depth, depth, toughness, yeah. and then the only reason I think you maybe could argue is just like you just have that burden gone. You don't have to worry about how he's going right. to be in game. You don't you don't have to worry about him taking touches away from Maxi, who's been incredible this year. And I don't know, maybe you know, maybe it gives some peace of mind to Joel as well. But um, yeah, so I don't know if we can believe that, but I, I did have to pose the question. Yeah, I mean, in that sense of the form, right? I guess you know it really might help unleash Tyrese Maxey because we've seen what he's done so far. Is he's sometimes becoming the number one option for stretches in the offense when he gets going. And I think that'll help uh, the Sixers a little bit. And obviously, you know, not having Harden there as a distraction off the court or, you know, locker room issues, whatever. Um, But, you know, if anyone, any NBA fan who saw this when this tweet came out at what, two in the morning, Woj dropped the Woj Bob. Let's go with the Clippers, man. They always do this. They always do this to us. But anyone who kind of read the, you know, the trade details, doesn't matter how we feel about Harden or if he's even going to play another game in Philly. Everyone who read it been like, wow, that's all they got, right? I think every yes. NBA fan who saw that deal initially goes, that's all That's all the Sixers were able to get. Because at the end of the day, yeah, we know he probably wasn't going to play for the Sixers again. Yeah, we know he has his off-court issues. But we're talking about James Harden. When, when on the court and when he's checked in, fully checked in, he's one of the best playmaking guards in the NBA. And that's not debatable. He's a guy who can get a triple-double pretty much any night. We're talking about a guy who used to be a scoring champion. And maybe he's trending downward and he's past that. But you can't look at you know what the Sixers got in return and just be like, oh, yeah, I think I think that was a, a good value back, right? I, I think that's the Especially the for what I they have. gave up for him. Exactly. Too, yeah. 
Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, maybe Harden wasn't going to play there. Maybe they had to get what they could and they got some assets. They got some guys, veteran guys for the bench. But at the end of the day, no one, no basketball fan. And I hate James Harden as much as the next guy. I can't stand the guy. But I can't look at this and be like, oh, yeah, Sixers won the deal. You know, it's just like, that's all they got. Really? I don't like James Harden, but really, that's all they got. Well, also just what happened? Because right. like he took less money, less money to make to take that deal last year and everything. Yeah. Clearly, like that's a telltale sign in, for an NBA deal that you think you're getting paid. And then they didn't give they didn't give him that. And he, he right. had the quote last in the summer that Daryl Morey is a liar in front of all the random kids <laughs> in China. And it's just like, what is going on here? But clearly, there was some kind of disconnect that happened over the summer. And I would one would have to imagine it came to when he was trying to sign a deal and do everything else that he was trying to do. Um, but the on court is what Dunny you're I'm I've, I've seen you've been tweeting about it. It's been my first thought to the, first of all, putting it back with Russell Westbrook. I know Russ isn't the first, the first top guy on this team, but it doesn't make any sense to me chemistry wise. And second of all, Kawhi and, Paul George are like two of the most ball dominant players in the NBA. And Paul like George those... is playing out of his mind. And Paul George's pumpkin pee is out here killing it, man. Yeah. He also, is, he is at this it. point in their careers, and Kawhi's been this, this way his whole career. I don't know if I can say the same thing about George, but they're both non no nonsense guys for the most part. Like right. I, I don't know how excited those two guys are when they see that Woj bomb when they wake up. That happened at two in the morning. Is Kawhi Leonard excited to share the court with James Harden? After we, after he, everyone just watched the way the summer went down with the Philadelphia 76ers, and he did the same thing to the Brooklyn Nets right before that. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I just, I like, can't imagine there's excitement from the other stars there. Jake, you nailed it. I, I'm almost certain there's not real excitement from Westbrook. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure these guys are friends. He, that's why the video, the Terrence Mann video was so hilarious. Because, yeah. So James popping yeah. up. Russ, because they know that that's what everybody's talking about. Like, how the fuck are these? And okay, you guys can dap up in front of a camera. I would love to hear what Russell Westbrook actually thinks about this move, especially when he, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's a crazy chemistry experience for sure. Or experiment for sure. It's, um, it, it's strange, man. I just, and I, I would get it, you know, say this was, um, say this happened in the middle of November instead of, or even the end of November, another um, another month later, and the Clippers aren't looking that great. Completely get it. I just think they've looked really, really, really good from what yeah, I've seen yeah. from them. Westbrook has Westbrook. We have stood by his side, the three of us, yes. and we recognize he's had some down years, but we didn't think it was a decline. We just we you can see the athleticism still there. There it was there was just something off. He came out and said it. He didn't like playing in Los Angeles with the Lakers because he felt him. unwanted who can blame yeah him and, and you could kind of tell it was a bad situation now all of a sudden he has his head right he's be- he's comfortable in the situation he's he's honed in he was there to end last season he had some big games he's strung together an amazing stretch of games to start the season with the Clippers and what do you do you bring in a guy who's going to have the ball in his hands pretty much the whole game when he's in but and that's, yeah, that's the problem that's yeah. where that's why it didn't work for the Lakers with Russ because you couldn't play him on the court at the same time as LeBron at the end of games because everyone was like, oh, we'll have LeBron run the offense. Russell Westbrook is great 
at running an offense late games. He's done that his entire career, and that's what's helped Paul George and Kawhi because then so much pressure taken off him, right? They could just kind of get to their spots, get their own shot. Now you got James Harden, and I'm not going to say anything negative about James Harden's playmaking ability because that's, I think, the one big thing he still really has is he does have that playmaking. But I feel like it's almost you're adding a guy to your starting lineup, and now you're just taking what Russ does and really limiting it because I don't think Russ is an off-ball type of player. I don't think any of us do, and we love Westbrook, but that's not best suited for his game. And I don't think Harden is going to be the type of guy who's going to be the guy who will play off ball. He, he's he's going to want to run that offense and have it go through him. And I don't think that really helps because we've seen the Clippers, even early stretches this year, whoever's the hot guy, you're taking the ball up. You're getting to your spot and we're, we're making sure you get the shot you want. We saw Kawhi get hot in the first half last night, and they're like, all right, the offense is going through Kawhi. We saw yeah. Paul George mm -hmm. do it multiple times this year where it's like Paul George is just not missing right now. Offense going through him. Russell Westbrook, okay, Russ is playing pretty well, but now offense going through him. I don't know if that continues when you have James Harden because I don't think he's going to be on the court if he's not the guy facilitating the offense, and I think that's a problem. Yeah, yeah. I just – Harden's so polarizing for so many different reasons. Like I, I will. This is the nicest thing I'll say about James Harden and Steve. Like you nailed it. Like no one's taking away from the ability that this guy right. has. No one's taking away the amazing things we saw him do in Houston, where he looked untouchable. And there was the comparisons to Kobe Bryant being thrown around for that few year stretch. The MVPs, all of that. He has it. He's an incredible player. He's a Hall of Famer. But James Harden, the player will go down in history as the strangest player ever because we've never seen a player who has been so good with such little success in the playoffs, such bad chemistry with almost all of his teammates, and the amount of Hall of Famers he's played with and can't make it to the next level in the playoffs. Like yeah. it's, it's truly incredible, and to think that we're just obligated to keep giving this guy a break is insane. You guys uh... – Eight minutes ago, there's a nice comment from James Harden in his press oh, conference. Boy. I have not listened to this yet. I just see the one quote from Malika Andrews. I'm going to play it over for us. We can give our live reaction. Because the right, one comment go. that Malika Andrews put, I'm I'm laughing at already. So I really want to hear this whole thing. It is 45 seconds long. That's um, I don't think – when I'm in a leash, I'm not in just shooting the basketball every time. I'm in like I'm – a, I'm a, like I think the game and I'm a creator on the court. You know what I mean? So if I got a, a, a voice to where I can, hey, coach, I see this. You know, what you think about this? Then it's like, oh, okay. If somebody that trusts me, that believes in me, that understands me, that I'm just not a, you know, I'm, a, I'm not a system player. I am a system. You know what I mean? So um, somebody that, that can have that dialogue with me and understand and, and, and move forward and figure out and make adjustments on the fly throughout the course of games, all I really care about. You know, I mean, it's not about me scoring a basketball, scoring 30, 34 points. I've done it already. So um, that's what I meant. That, that was it. That was it. I'm not a system I'm not, basketball I'm a player. System. I am a system. Well, your system hasn't won shit. <laughs> Let's be real. You call yourself yeah. a system. It's a bad system. It's a bad system when that system shuts uh, down in game seven of every single playoff series yeah. you're ever <laughs> in. The system system should work in game seven, I feel you like. You can't call yourself a system if that's the success. <laughs> I'm you Kawhi, the, the uh, robot himself. I'd rather uh, run that yeah. system. Yeah. Get out of here. Dunny, Dunny you're muted. Dunny's so upset he muted. Yeah. <laughs> I, I muted so there's no overlay over the audio. But 
No, it like how do you think those other three All Star Hall of Famers feel, man? It's like they had a good system going. The Clippers look great right now. I like man, the Paul George system of twenty eight points a game. Yeah, that's a pretty good damn system too. He yeah. told us he was going to be on his bully shit this year, and Paul George has has delivered. Let's see if Harden can deliver with with his system, whatever that may How be. How wild um, that this podcast has turned to de- defending Paul George. I know we have come I so. Far. I love watching Paul George now. Me I love, too. I love yeah. watching Paul George. I, it, it's tough, and also too, and I know this is a very minor problem compared to the whole thing. But Bones Highland was playing good, and now he's going to move to the bench again, and. That's a oh, young player. Man. You want to develop those yep. guys. Their defense has been it's great a beast to start the year. You, man. What does that do? What is James Harden is not a good defender, and he's not getting better no. at, at no. 33 years old. No. He, has, he hasn't been a good defender in uh, quite some time. Yeah. And even when he was at his peak, it was mostly just steals in the passing lane. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like it, it's hard to do this and not rag on james harden but he makes it so damn hard with the with the comments and the way he's left franchise i just i don't know i don't it's almost like he's not searching for a better opportunity when he leaves teams at this rate it's just an escape from his reality because you you wanted more you were playing with the mvp of the league last year with an up up and coming star by your side and tyrese maxi and that still wasn't enough for you so i don't know man let's let's see how the clippers work out i've Honestly, for Clippers fans, for Kawhi, for Paul George, for Russ, I kind of hope it works out. But I, I I think this makes them less of a contender because James Harden just simply has not got far in the playoffs. The rest of these age, guys have. Yeah. You're right. So, I don't know, man. We'll see. I'm sure there'll be another. <laughs> they might have regular, next they week, might, they might have regular season, more regular season success because they can now load manage all they want and still have superstars playing every game. Yep. But when it comes down to a late game in the playoffs and you got we've seen what James Harden does. We've seen what Paul George, can happen to Paul George. And if Kawhi is not healthy, which he has not been for the last three postseasons, like even when he's been out there, he's been, you know, hampered by something. It's asking a lot of, uh, and you throw Russ in there. It's four guys over thirty, you know. Paul maybe yeah. still in his prime, but everybody else probably a little past it. Even Kawhi, who has been a monster, definitely. like definitely past his prime, definitely past his physical prime. It's when you look at these things years later, like think about the the Lakers team in 04 when they add Gary Payton, they add all these old guys. And this is teams who won three titles. This is, we're talking about a Clippers team who has, they made one Western Conference Finals with this group. That team fell apart because you can't just put a bunch of old stars together and expect it to work, especially when the old stars still think that they're a fucking system on their own. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, and that's the thing, Uh, that's the thing that pisses me off about that quote more than anything is clearly there's, still a lack of perspective from Harden. Like Harden needs to be the third best player on this team. And he thinks he's coming in and going to be the best player. And yeah. that's just, it's it maybe all time. When we look back on the list, we're going to be like James Harden had a greater legacy than Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and Russell Westbrook. Maybe can have that argument. Somebody will, I won't, but he wasn't, a, he's right not a now, better it's winner not. than those guys. It's not a better winner than those guys. Right. Um, the only other, I, I thought of another example of what you were just talking about, Jake, though, like Brooklyn Nets, KG, Pierce, yep. Darren yeah. Williams, Jason Terry didn't work, man. Yep. Um, so yeah, it sucks. Another star studded team that we actually haven't seen the big three yet. The Phoenix suns. That's our next note here. Uh, it's just, we haven't seen the big three. It kind of sucks. 
I didn't even really know that book and Beal. I don't think many did. It seemed like they were kind of keeping it under wraps. I mean, we knew going into the opener that those two guys were banged yeah. up. Um, and book played in the opener, yeah, though, book right? Played it was the just, first game, though. Yeah. Yeah. So that must have happened then. Beal has some sort of nagging injury. And it just sucks. It also sucks for someone who was high on Frank Vogel, maybe winning coach of the year, because the yeah. Suns haven't looked right. Um, obviously, the KD, Wemby, we get that. The, the second round of that tonight, Steve, you <laughs> alluded to it. Uh, the, the game the other night was awesome. If anyone oh, can dude. score on Wemby, it's KD, and he showed <sighs> that. Um, and so that was cool. But it does suck. I mean, we, we just the Suns are still a question mark. We have no doubt they're going to be good when this big three gets back together. But it's something to keep an eye on. Um, and we'll, you know, we'll try to get through the news and notes quickly here just because we got, got some surprise teams to get to. Yeah. Uh, De'Aaron Fox with the injury. Well, well, the one thing about the Suns before we go on though, because I mentioned it yesterday, yeah. I, I truly think the Suns, the Cavs, there's probably other teams that there's happening with, but I think this is the two biggest examples. I really think that they are abuse this is we've we talked about it before the season how are teams going to try to find the loopholes in these rest rules oh, yes. and everything mm-hmm. else i truly think that beal and booker could be playing and that they're just resting them because they can't load manage them throughout the year so they're like fuck it we'll just take the Maybe. first month and make it another preseason and i think the Cavs are doing the same thing darius garland hamstring injury popped up right before opening night hasn't played yet jared allen hasn't played yet he got it i think he was a little more banged up but still it's like like I think these teams are using this early season. They're like, whatever, we'll go three and nine to start the season. But if as long as we can get our rest, like none Booker's of these teams are going to want. Because Booker played the first game. That's weird. Yeah, that is weird. It is weird. But if it's if it still could be or maybe that's part of like, the boy. Yeah. yeah, like he got this weird little ankle injury. He did play in the first game, and now he tweaked his ankle, and he yeah. has to sit for three games. Like, or it is I don't. Or there is an ankle. But it's something that he could work through, and they're just like, "Well, we have because you can't load man like you. You have to be so yeah. particular with it. So if you ha- if you say it's serious and they have to sit out for an extended time, the league can't come in and find you and say you're fucking around with the load management thing. And so yeah. I think that we're going to see this case throughout the year. I think guys are going to end up just instead of sitting one night and playing again, they're just going to take weeks off. It's going to be like, oh, Jimmy Butler has a sprained knee. He's out for two weeks. And that's just a load managed yeah. Jimmy Butler two weeks. Like, I'm very, I'm really following how these teams are going to try to take advantage of that. And I think the Suns, I don't know about the Cavs as much. I do think the Cavs are doing it a little bit. But the Suns specifically, I think, are taking advantage of this because they're an old team and they yeah. need those stars to be healthy. Fair. And like I said, when I first brought them up, we, we didn't really hear – anything about the bradley beal injury i mean we we knew he was questionable going into opening night but then it didn't seem to be serious all of a sudden now he's missed all of their games book only played in the one yet it's a good point and i mean i guess good for them if the teams are figuring out a way to do this it does suck that it's happening this early if that is the case but Hey man, it's a it's a crazy league. Only one hey man, team wins. Joel was, Joel was about to sit until the Philly Philly fans yeah. bullied him. Yeah, he was about to sit the home opener, and the fans yeah. bullied him, and he was like, "All right, I'll play." So I know that that is nuts. <laughs> so, something to follow for sure. That's a good point. Um, Mav Celtics. Do we want to keep these for the oh. surprise teams, or just dive right into it now? I mean, the Celtics, the Celtics ain't a surprise. surprise team. No. Yeah, I mean, the Celtics I guess are just a true. maggot. I guess that's true. Yeah, so putting let's, up 155 is a little bit of a surprise. I mean, has I Tatum played a fourth quarter yet? Has he needed to play a fourth quarter yet? This yeah, talk about load managing. He, pro- he, he, probably, had, 
right? He did against the Knicks. He did against the Heat. And then who was the first game? Why, why am I blanking on who they played the first game? First game opening night for the Celtics? The Knicks. Oh, the, that was the Knicks. Oh, Wizards. I was thinking Wizards. Wizards. So he played Wizards, Wizards, Heat, Knicks. He played the fourth quarter. The last two games, he has not had to. <laughs> that goes for the rest of the starters as well. Um, yeah, man. The Celtics are somehow exceeding my expectations, which – we're pretty yeah, pretty goddamn high if you're a listener or if, if you're Steve or Jake, you knew that. Um, it's incredible, man. It's I'm sure Steve's feeling something similar with the Mavs, but Kristaps Porzingis came out today and said, it's great right now, but we can be much better, which is the scariest thing I've ever heard if this team gets <laughs> much better because they put up the most points scored in – like some 60 odd years in the NBA or the, the two teams combined put up the like most points scored in the NBA game in like 60 years, the third highest uh, team total from the Celtics ever dating back to 1959, I think it was. So the team hasn't scored like this in forever. The they're like, First in all of these offensive categories, the defense, the only reason their, their defense is not, top top tier is because they haven't played their starters in the fourth quarter so it doesn't matter the other teams are coming back a little bit i mean i say coming back they won by 50 last night it's it's, and the the best part to me is that jalen brown shot four of 11 in game one very underwhelming all of a sudden against the miami heat in the home opener he explodes in the fourth quarter he has 27 Tatum has multiple 30-point games already. Chris Stapps has a 30-point game. Drew Holiday can do anything he wants. I'm so excited about Drew Holiday. It just um, – someone I really want to give credit to is Brad Stevens because that dude saw the vision, man. He he put these puzzle pieces together, and this is the, the most fluent. We've seen some fantastic Celtics teams in the last three, four years. This is the most fluent it has looked by far, and it it is so fun. I'm, I'm having a blast watching these games. Ball Derek White's pretty good too, huh? God, how did I not bring up Derek White? <laughs> He's he been is, unbelievable. Derek dude. White's never been this open in his life, even like in the in never. the driveway. He's never, never. been this open. But what, how, who, yeah. who, who else exactly? Do you, and that's the thing. Who do you guard, right? Well, we're gonna get to the point, right? When these games, when the Celtics aren't up forty going into the fourth quarter, in most games when they play big games and they run this. I said this at the start of the year. This starting five or this five man line, if you can play at the end of the stretch, no team in the NBA can match up against them right now. Who do you guard? Oh. Porzingis, Jalen Brown, Jason nope. Tatum, Drew Holiday, Derek White. Who is guard? Who who do you leave open? They can all score 30 a night if they really wanted to. That's terrifying. And when I say what makes that so terrifying is that any of them can really get whatever shot they want. They can score on the inside. They can score on the outside. But we're also talking about five of the best defenders as well. We're talking about one of a historically good offense, a historically balanced offense that anyone who like you can't double anyone because just someone else is going to step up and go off. Who also happen to be five of the best defenders in the NBA. It 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 is wild. It is it, it it's I honestly Donnie, as a Celtics fan, you must be in in heaven right now in absolute awe because I'm watching these games and I'm like, there's just the, the, the Celtics like they don't have to play their starters after third quarter because they're just 
dominated. With the, the last like two, three Celtics games, they're up fifteen before halfway through the first. Yeah. And you you want to talk <laughs> about guys who can knock down shots and play defense? Al Horford is our sixth man. And I know yeah. people are going to poo-poo that and be like, all right, cool, you have 37-year-old Al Horford coming off your bench. Yeah, that is pretty cool, man. Because yeah. as far as I'm concerned, he's one of the only players who's been able to stop Giannis the last four years in the playoffs. He comes off the bench. He's like, who, who in the NBA has a center that good coming off their bench? No one. No one does. And he stretches the floor like, like little other big men can. And I just did the math real quick. Do you guys want to take a guess what the starting five is averaging for points per game? No, I, I'm going to be disgusted. 101. It's, yeah, I'm going to go higher. Oh, no, uh, it was 15 from White, 30 Tatum, 25 Brown. 20, I go like, nah, maybe a little lower, 98. 97 points per oh, game. Just, just from the starting five. Ooh, that's disgusting. That's, that's actually vile. And, and this the, is, ca- the Cavs scored like 93 points total last night. But this, in a is, win. <laughs> this is 98 a game where in 50% of the Celtics games this year, they didn't play a quarter. Yeah. They didn't play the fourth. That's disgusting. That's like half the games this year, they didn't play the fourth quarter. They're almost averaging 100. So through three quarters of sets, so you call it three and a half, sure, whatever. I don't even care. Yeah. They're averaging close to 100 points a game. And this is, like I said, what makes it so scary is these five guys are also great defenders. Yeah. It's uh, it's truly amazing to see, man. Like you look down at your phone during a game, you look up and just someone else is making a highlight play. Um, and not only you met you guys mentioned it, like not only are these guys getting open threes for each other, like every other trip up the court, someone has an open dunk. Like it's just yeah. it, it's just that easy for them right now. Um it, it's incredible. Steve, let's roll over to your Mavericks. Oh, Luca MVP season has started, baby. Luca MVP season has started. I mean the the Brooklyn Nets game, I've never seen someone at the end of a game do what Luca did there, where he just said, we're just going to win this game. Just hit threes. Did not matter that the boneheaded coaching decisions Jason Kidd made. I'll get to him later. But Luca has been unbelievable. He's averaging, I think, 34, pretty much a triple-double with 34 points a game. And they got new pieces that just they're working right grant williams and derrick Derek jones have been good they have they have been they have been they have been good and then let's talk about the rookie the mass finally found a center in Derek yeah, lively yeah. and jason kidd you want to bench him because oh we're going to play small ball against the brooklyn nets and then luca has to will you back into existence whatever jason kidd whatever excuse you want to make go ahead because you should be playing this guy whether those bums maxi kleba and dwight powell because Derek lively is great he he is he is good inside for them. He can play make a little bit as yeah. a center too. I think he had six assists or something last night. He gives you that kind of verticality you need, which is huge when you have a playmaker like Luca. And he's also he's a good defender too. I love I love the way this team looks. You got Tim Hardaway who is really just bought into his coming off the bench six man. We're gonna be that scorer type Jordan Clarkson role, averaging over twenty a game. I really like this team. They can mix and match guys. You see Josh Green and Jaden Hardy, the young guys, getting some work in. And this is the first time, really, I feel like since Luka came into the league that I am happy with the roster the man's put together. And Kyrie Irving, in the two games he played, he's played well. He he played objectively well. Like, I am... 
I got nothing against this team. I think once we see, you know, Kyrie fully going with this team, I think it's really going to click because I really think that offseason helped. Luka is the guy there, obviously. Kyrie is obviously going to be the number two. But they got so they got the role guys you need. Yeah. Derek Jones and Grant Williams have been huge at this. Grant Williams, bro. Grant Williams, what? He had seven threes last night. He plays I, good defense. Oh. Can I give you guys a Grant Williams stat? Please do. Please do. This is insane. And I not not a word of a lie. I, I started to make a list like this at work today, but I, I just couldn't get to as many names as I wanted to. And it was uh it was it was kind of getting difficult to crunch the numbers while I'm at while I was at work. Grant Williams this season has made more three-pointers than Dame, Clay, Zach Levine, Donovan Mitchell, Tyrese Maxey, Buddy Heald, CJ McCollum, Michael Porter Jr., Jason Tatum, LeBron James, Jamal Murray, Anthony Edwards, and Fred Van Fleet, and is shooting 55.2% from deep. He's, and he's, he's been so good. He's just kind of bought in that. He just sits in the corner. Luca's going to draw the double pretty much every time. Kick it out to him. He's making his shots. You know who wasn't doing that? When you have guys like Maxi Cleave out there. When you have guys like Dorian Finney-Smith who were chalking up bricks. Don't even get me started on Reggie Bullock last year. They replaced them with guys who are actually making the open shots. What yep. makes it so hard? They hit 22 or something threes the other night. Also, two. the big difference from the Mavs last year to this year, we look at the Mavs last year, what was their biggest downfall? Any close game, they crumbled in the fourth quarter. They didn't really know how to run it through the offense. Luka would get doubled. They didn't really know what they were doing. This year, I think but statistically so far, they've been the best fourth quarter team, and they've been the best team inside the final, I believe, five minutes of the fourth quarter this year. The Mavs, like, they have just found ways to win games, and it's crazy because it's the first time, you know, watching it where I'm like, you know, they're making the right decisions. I like the lineup they're going with at the end of the games. And obviously, Luka will have his Luka magic. Like, they had no business winning the Brooklyn Nets game. No business whatsoever. He made four threes in the final two minutes. One was a one-hander to the side while he was getting doubled that he banked in. But – you know, you get that when you have a guy like Luca. Like those plays are going to happen, but it's just mm -hmm. the players around Luca. We all knew what Luca was going to do. We all know Kyrie is very good when he's on the court. But the fact that the Mavs are four zero with Kyrie missing two games because these other guys are stepping up and they're buying into what their roles are for the team, it it, it feels like those old Mavs teams when you had Dirk and you had a bunch of other guys yeah. that you know aren't the biggest names, but they're buying into their roles and it's just working together and I, I don't want to get ahead of myself but that makes me very very excited it makes me very yeah. very excited for this season because it's the first time i feel like they have built a good team around luca or a team that works around luca i should yeah. say no i feel you there's, there's reason to be excited um before we go on to anything else we got comments here and oh it's boy. the team that our our guy they Mavs played the bulls last night oh bulls yeah played them tough it was they a good did. matchup, and our guy JVC says the Bulls <laughs> Shout have out taken JVC. down the Celtics in the East. That's how good Bulls fans are feeling. Uh, as we shift into the surprise teams, was a happy hour hoops comedy night. JVC's the go. Nah, JVC's the go. He can say whatever he wants. <laughs> but there is reason for Bulls fans to be excited right now. Which oh, I, they sure, are not man. on my list, but they are looking way better than I thought they were going to look to start this year, and especially defensively. Did especially defensively that's really been their anchor um levine might be the might be on the move though that's the that's <sighs> the talk about the philly trade they're they're looking oh, at levine they're they're circling around there but uh 
Yeah, let's uh you guys ready to go into surprise teams, Donnie? Absolutely. Yeah, man. Let let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get into these surprise teams. I think we call the Mavs a surprise team. I think we get yeah. to a point, yeah. right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I had them. They're one of the surprise teams. I had them, and then our other one that we have at the top of the list here, it's really not a surprise to us. And it's tough to do this the night after they lose by 50 to the Celtics. But I will say, and they were saying it the whole broadcast as well, and this is a, a Boston broadcast with Brian Scalabrini, so like a very biased broadcast. Pacers played good, man. They, I think they ended the game shooting like 48% from the field. That's not bad. No, and they they, they were they were fighting and they didn't have Halliburton. So like, it's, that's the big one there. The, the Pacers you, with Halliburton without Halliburton are two different. Yeah, they, they don't yeah. lose. They still lose last night. They oh, don't lose by no 50, one, no one like, beats the Celtics <laughs> last night. <laughs> but yeah, the Pacers are a surprise team, not yeah. for us, but they they should be on people's radar. One of my bold predictions this year was that they're a top six team in the East. We're all super high on them. Even guys like Aaron Neesmith, who the Celtics let walk, they paid him. He's had a huge game for them already this year. Ben Matherin, one of Steve's favorite guys. Yeah, he's finally starting. Miles Turner, who just never gets enough love, man. This guy is so good on the block. He stretches the floor. He just, anytime he's healthy, he's averaging two blocks a game. I I really love this Pacers team, man. They're well coached. They have a good bench. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to disagree. You know how much I yeah. love the Pacers. There, yeah. I mean, they're, they're they're probably the second team I root for after the Mavs because I love Matthew. I love Halliburton. Halliburton, outside of I don't know, maybe two, three players in the NBA, Halliburton's my favorite player to watch. And I know mm-hmm. I said this when we were talking about the preview of the Central with the Pacers that Halliburton could make that leap SGA made, where he could be a first team All NBA because of what he can do. Halliburton sees things on an NBA court that other players just don't see. If you watch full Pacers games, and this is why I said, like, obviously they were still going to lose to the Celtics last night, but the Pacers with Halliburton is different than the Pacers without because Tyrese Halliburton, I will say this right now, I think he's the best pure point guard in the NBA. I I, I truly believe it right now. Just the way he sees the court, the way he sets guys up. And we're talking about a team that I think is ahead of schedule that I, I, I said it was last year with these guys. And now, Jalen Smith's starting to play better. People thought he was a bust when he was drafted by Phoenix. Now he's starting to play better. Naismith, once again, he's starting to play better. Ben Matherin looks great in the starting lineup. Bruce Brown, I mean, this is a good team around, I think, the best playmaker in the NBA. And all they got to figure out right now is the defense, because I still think they're ranked 29th defensive right now, Mm -hmm. which – you know, when you give up 155 to the Celtics, and it probably help. inflates yeah, it a yeah. little bit through four games. But regardless, they still do have to work on defense. Ben Matherin was actually benched at the end of one of the games because of his lack of effort on the defensive side. And you just you can't have that, right? You can't have your probably best offensive weapon or second best offensive weapon get benched because of lack of effort on defense. That that will come with you know time and yeah. you know playing more together. But overall, like I think they're ahead of schedule. I really do believe they're uh, a legitimate, like, good team in the East, and this is a team that's probably going to safely be in the playoffs. Yeah, and ultimately their pace, too, is just going to cause their oh, defensive numbers to yeah. fall because they are just right. played so fast, and so they, that's just going to hurt, mm-hmm. especially in games like a team like Boston who can take advantage of that on misses and everything else. But, yeah, the, the Pacers, very high on them, and especially with the way the rest of like, it's really Boston and everybody else. And like my team to jump into it is the Bucks in a bad way. 
Yeah. Because man, I'm so glad that we all picked the Celtics for our finals picks. Because yeah. if I would have picked the Bucks, I know Dunny was gonna pick the Celtics. If you would have picked the Bucks, Steve, oh, we would be feeling Steve so Boston. dumb right now. <laughs> but this team is there is like Middleton got sat to start the second half yesterday. Against, yeah. against and he has been and a problem. We, and Dame has been a huge problem defensively, which we knew it would be an issue, but it's he's not making up for it enough. He had six points the other night, too. It, it, like, he's an issue offensively. Yeah. yeah. He's, what is Outside he of that explosion game, he has not been an efficient offensive player. Not for this at all. And, and Giannis, like, it, Giannis is playing so passive, too. You watch Bucks games. He's and it's like, Dame's dude, team. If you're Giannis. You are Giannis. You are a six foot eleven freak. You are called the Greek freak for a reason. Go to the rim. What are Steve's we doing like, here? Uh, Steve's like Elastigirl right now, yelling at me. This is incredible. <laughs> no, see, it, it's, it's no, unbelievable. It's, he's Edna Mode. Yeah, yeah, Elastigirl. You are Giannis. Like, what are we doing here? You can take over games too, just because you brought in another superstar. Who, by the way, like I like we said, has kind of disappeared after the first game. Doesn't mean yeah. you need to take a passive role if you're like you are Giannis. We, we're talking about a two-time MVP, NBA champion. We're, yeah. we're talking about one of the biggest mismatches in NBA history. How do you guard this guy with his athleticism and his size? And he's just like, he's just passing it and just kind of standing there. It's like, what are you doing? I, I don't we, understand. I don't get we it. We could talk about these two teams twofold, I think, because – the Miami Heat, you know, we can maybe we'll save yeah. the the Grizzlies for next week, but Grizzlies zero and five sucks, need man. Back. They you need to yeah, water before John. You're not. But how water. crazy about it that last year that the whole narrative they're missing Stephen Adams. That's true yeah. too. That definitely yeah. hurt them a lot. But how crazy the narrative they were so good last year without John. Right. It's just like you know the the thing is the margins are so slim. Like you can't yeah. count on. Yeah. Them. Yeah, right. It's a it's a real competitive league, man. So yeah, well, I'm sure we'll touch on the Grizzlies more next week. But Bucks Heat, both part of the surprise teams. And let me just paint this picture for you guys. Maybe Pat Riley was just dead nuts on this. Maybe he was exacto on this because the only bright spot of the Miami Heat thus far has been Tyler Hero. He has been unbelievable. He's yeah. been unbelievable. Dame has been a huge disappointment, and their thirtieth. The Bucks, that is, they're thirtieth in defensive rating as of this morning. Crazy. So Drew Holiday turns out means a lot to your defensive identity. Damian Lillard gives you no defensive identity, and here are both these teams, which the Heat probably feel a little better about it. But the Heat, the only they they have one win, they have one win, and Jimmy hasn't looked good. Bam looked pretty impressive I, I was able to watch him in person uh at the celtics home openers heat celtics bam and tyler hero both looked really good other than that man this is it's kind of a frightening looking team if you ask me and i'm not victory lapping yet i said last week that this is the year they fall off i know it's so early so i'm not saying anything yet but they do only have one win you know me, Dunny. I'm I'm not I'm just gonna go down with the ship. I won't say anything negative about the heat until <laughs> until that, that ship sinks because I've learned my lesson. 
You're right. We also got to remember, too, right? We're talking about all these teams. Guys, we're four or five games into the NBA season. A lot can change. But this is just reactions from the, uh, you know, the first week. And, and you're right, Tony. I mean, it's just it's – just, and you know what? I, I guess maybe, too, I, I, maybe not the Heat necessary, but with the Bucks, maybe give them a little leadway because it's like you did bring in a new player, a superstar. Yeah. Maybe that changes up things with the Memphis Grizzlies, right? Marcus Smart is starting right now. Maybe people just got to get used to playing together, gelling together, stuff like that. But I don't know. I, I, right now with the Bucks, I think it's a little concern. Brooke Lopez, I, I, was he have one block on the year? Yeah. We're talking about a guy who was a defensive that player was, of the year conversation yeah, that was, last that year. Was, that was your rim protector for the last two seasons, but, and he yeah. he looks he looks his age. That's, that's yeah, he looks like it football. finally caught up to him. Yeah, I was uh, I was I was playing the the drop and ad game with him in fantasy, and I will not be picking up Brooke Lopez anytime soon. Again. Yeah, that is for sure. No, you don't need that on your squad. Sure. Um, yeah, last no, I mean I guess, I guess that's it, man. Those teams those teams are really disappointing. I guess while we're talking about the Bucks, the the one thing. I did say I wanted to get off my chest, and we are going to lose Jake in a minute here, but me and Steve are going to finish out the app and uh, do do the draft we were talking about. But, Jake, I want you to hear this because yes, I know yes, I know you saw this quote. Jay Williams on ESPN <laughs> National TV sat at that desk after one game of the NBA season. This is the game where I told you Jalen Brown shot 4 of 11, mind you. Mm-hmm. The Bucks and Celtics had both played one game. Jay Williams said that already doesn't matter about the four Easter Conference finals, doesn't matter about the finals trip. Already, he said, Dame and Giannis are a better duo than Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And he just gets more and more wrong every day as this season goes on, and I love it. So this is a message to you, Jay Williams. Why don't you just – you know what? You can hype up the Bucks all you want. Keep doing it, actually. Go for but it. Just, don't don't worry about the Jays, man. We're, we're all right over here in Boston. He yeah, is a Jay himself, so that's ironic. But it, it makes no sense. Everyone always wants to be worried about the Jays, worried about the Jays, except Celtics fans. And it's like, dude, they're like, they're good. Just let them be. Let them be. Like what? what it's, people want to pick so apart annoying. this Celtics team, man, and it doesn't. Why? Make sense. They because just they haven't won it. My buddy argued with me yesterday. He tried to call the Celtics the 2010s Sharks because they just choke. They never get there. They're not good in clutch moments. And I go, dude, like the Celtics were ahead of their schedule. They were ahead they of their the, time. Yeah. This was a young team that just got, had deep playoff runs. They, they took LeBron run. to Eastern game seven, man. Eastern Conference it, Finals three of the past it, four years. Eastern they, Conference Finals three of the past four years. NBA Finals two years ago where they lose to what one of the greatest dynasties that we've ever seen. And that's yeah. hard to they call that a LeBron choke. They take to just, seven. Magnum opus, Steve Steph Curry. That's all it all takes, it just takes one Celtics championship, and all these people want to shut up. And they're gonna be like, "Oh shit, this might be a dynasty." And then, and yeah, there's gonna like, be I one, and then understand. they're gonna realize four more could be coming down the pipe. That's the thing. It no just one drives me nuts. from the Celtics. I think it's like anti man it's manifestation the opposite way of Celtics fans. Like we cannot allow this, but it's it's right. You're right because like, and the thing about this, like. Whatever you don't like the Celtics just because they're the Celtics, that's one thing. But they, yeah. this Celtics team has been like one of the most fun basketball teams the last yeah. six years to watch every night, too. It's not like they're like literally watching Tatum and Brown together has been one of the best 
the most joy I've had watching basketball just from purely on court play for years. Like if you're not doing that, Steve and think does of everything. Probably, and think of everything they had to go through too, right? You had the DJ. whole coaching thing. You had the Ky- Kyrie Irving situation. All this stuff. All this stuff that the Celtics had to go through, and they just consistently win. They consistently. They haven't won a ship yet. Fine. Yeah, All right. So- they haven't won a ship yet. If the Celtics don't win a ship in the next ten years, then come talk to me. Then come talk to me on how this team is a disappointment and they didn't. They 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 aren't clutch. They never achieved. You know what they should do. We're talking about a team that was ahead of schedule three, four years ago. They are in. Yep. Like, do people not realize Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are in, are in their prime? They they're not past it. They're not going. Yeah. They're going Tatum, right into it. They're Tatum going. Debatably, is not even it. there yet. People, they're yeah. entering their prime. Yeah. Your two best players are entering their prime. This is the best team they've had around them, I think, since the Tatum era has really yeah. started. And the only one you could argue is the one that we didn't get to see with Hayward and Kyrie. Exactly. Yeah, that's it, the only it, one exactly. you can argue. Last and year, this, like, this I've only seen four games. This team blows last year's team out of the water. I'm sorry. Blows. It's just blows it out of the water. The, the last thing I'll say about it, and you you alluded to it, because, yes, they haven't won a championship, but I'm so – only one team can win the championship every year. Right. Are we going to say these teams that win every single year and are in the playoffs every single year, are we going to just say that's not success? Are well, we just right. – is winning just not successful anymore? Because that seems to be the knock is people think right. that the Celtics aren't successful. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are more successful than 95% of the rest of the league. Only one team can win it every year. You what? go. You want to the the people who have the rings, the people, the LeBrons, the Jokic, the Giannis, the Steps. No one's arguing that Jalen, Jason have passed those guys. Of course not. But they're more successful than everyone else in the NBA. Of course, I probably just missed a few names. But, there, Donnie, but you you get what I'm saying. You you bring up Jokic and the Nuggets. The Nuggets. People were saying this about the Nuggets until last year when they yeah. won. And it's so funny how a tune can change. Jokic was like, "Oh, you can't win, Jokic. He doesn't play defense. No, he's not one of the best players in the NBA. This guy's just a stat pattern." Then the Nuggets have the playoff run. They do win the championship. Now people are talking about is Jokic a top ten all time? Is Jokic yeah. <laughs> one of the best we'll ever see? Are the Nuggets a, a dynasty waiting to happen? So that's what I'm saying. It only takes – all it takes is the Celtics to win one championship and the whole tune changes on them. But it's because they're a Boston team, because they're the Celtics, where yeah. everyone wants to try to knock this team down instead of be like, what could be? And I just – it's crazy to me as a non-biased basketball fan. I have no allegiance to Boston. I, I don't like the city yeah. of Boston. Yeah, we got to get you in I, the I got, TD Garden, man. Yeah, I got, I got no allegiance. But but this is one of the most fun basketball teams I've watched three, four years that only continues to get better with two of like, I think the we're going to talk about this duo of uh, Brown and Tatum is one of the most dominant duos consistently. I mean, we're talking about a team that's gone to the Eastern Conference Finals three of the past four years. They go to the NBA Finals and lose to Curry and Clay's Warriors. Okay, sorry. You lost to the, you know, the Warriors also beat a few other teams. They have a few championships. But it's, yeah. it's, it's crazy to me where people are trying to knock this team down. When it's like, dude, this is a team that's gone to the Eastern Conference Finals three of the four years. Look at the age of this team compared to the other superstar teams right now. One team's going up. A lot of other teams are going down right now. And, like, what what are we blaming a team because they were ahead of schedule? Would you would rather have the Celtics be a first-round exit and be like, oh, they just haven't reached their peak, their potential? No. Yeah. Just get out of here with uh, that. It's incredible, man. And last thing I'll say about it is – Everyone over the summer and to start, especially after game one. Oh, I loved the trolls after game one with Jalen oh, Brown saying oh, he doesn't best. deserve the money. 
-hmm. two games later. After, and mind you, the game in between, he had 27. It was the reason that they beat the Heat at home in their home opener. Just two games after that bad, bad first game where people saying he didn't deserve the money, he scored 36 points in three quarters and hit eight threes. In three quarters, man. Yeah. There's there's three yeah. guys in the league who can do that. Three. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like people want to just pick and choose what they see, right? All the Jalen Brown haters, they won't say anything about that. They'll find one clip of him turning over the ball on a dribble and be like, oh, yeah, you see, he can't be a number. He can't be a superstar. Yeah. He can't be a number two. It's just frustrating. And like I said, Donnie, like what speaks volumes about this Celtics team is you have potentially one of the best offensive teams we've ever seen. We're talking about five guys who are very good on defense and a team that half their games, the starters haven't played the fourth quarter. Half. Yeah. Half their games. Meanwhile, the Milwaukee Bucks lost by 20-plus to Toronto and Atlanta. So stop with all this. Stop with the comparison. I'm tired of, like, the the Celtics are the class of the East right now until proven otherwise. They have gone to the Eastern Conference Finals three of the past four years. They, (laughs) they, They are dominating teams. They're not winning games. They're dominating. The same reason that I don't want to crown the Celtics champions yet. I don't want to shit on the Bucs too much. But you mentioned that loss to the Raptors. That's a team who all three of us were trying to avoid drafting in our total wins draft. We did have wanted nothing to do with the Raptors. They have a brand new head coach. And Pat Bev went on his podcast the other day and just out in the open on his podcast on the airwaves. National media said that the Toronto Raptors as a whole were soft and that team just beat, beat the Milwaukee Bucks by nearly 20. And it's it's crazy, man. And I know Milwaukee is going to wake up. I'm not here saying yes. Milwaukee's a bad team. No. We know Damian Lillard's going to have his it's moments. Still we know be a top three seed. Is, there's going to be a point where Giannis is like, all right, I'm just going to start taking over games. It's it's going you to. You should happen. probably do that starting tomorrow. Yeah, probably should. <laughs> he probably should realize you're Giannis. Um, you're yeah. potentially the best basketball player in the world. You should probably not be so passive. But at the same time, too, Dunny, like you can't right now look through four games in the NBA season and try to tell me the Milwaukee Bucks are set up for more success in the year than the Boston Celtics. I won't listen. I won't hear. Yeah, it. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't. But think don't I worry, Dunny. That either. Celtics lose one game, they're all gonna come out again. They're all <laughs> gonna come. They're all gonna well, come back wait, out man. again. I will say, uh, let's play a fun little game. When is when will the Celtics' first loss be? I'll read you their oh, schedule. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Just allow me to pull this up. Okay, so up and coming this Saturday, Brooklyn Nets. Nah, they're not losing that game. All right, Monday, Timberwolves. They're not losing Rudy Gobert. <laughs> November 8th, next Wednesday, Sixers. That's probably our biggest mm. test. Where is it, Boston or Philly? Um, let's see. It's in Philly. That's Philly's, that's Philly's NBA Finals right there. I, I don't yeah. – <laughs> I'd, I'd never pick the Celtics to lose to Philly, but let me tell you, like if I if I saw the end of that game and Philly won, I wouldn't be shocked. All right, yeah. So also- that's that could be a loss, but let me just rattle keep off going. like yeah, the next month because I'm not scared until, and I'm not that I'm scared, but I'm, I'm I don't think I'm not worried about a loss until maybe November 22nd. So we, <laughs> like I said, we have Nets, T Wolves, Sixers, yeah. Nets again, Raptors, Knicks again. Sixers again, Raptors again, Grizzlies, Hornets, and then on the 22nd, the Milwaukee Bucks. But then after that, the Magic, Hawks, Bulls, Sixers. Wow, we played the Sixers three times early. But, like, this schedule to start is bonkers. And it's it's not like it's football where 
you know, you have an easy schedule, it means like you've got to play 82 games. But right. it is just crazy to think about that, that, you know, we could be looking at a 12 and 0 team pretty we soon. Could. Yeah. And, and I, I, I think the only ones really made to look out for in Philly, because just Philly's just going to play up for that game like it's a playoff game. Yeah. Especially after Harden being traded to Philly's out to prove something that they're still yeah. a, a legitimate team. And then the Knicks, I feel like the Knicks and Celtics always play good games. Is that just yeah. me? You watch no, more, you're... but I always feel like they play tight. They they lost twice to the Knicks last year, and one That's was what, uh, yeah. at, at home in overtime. I was there. The, yes. the, Knicks, the Knicks play the Celtics really hard. Um, so that, yeah, might be, that could be the slip-up, right? They, they beat yeah. Philly, and then a couple games later, they lose to the Knicks. Yep. Um, thankfully, we haven't seen any of like the collapsed fourth quarters this year yeah. that the Celtics were prone to in the past. But, yeah, man, all, all good things ahead. It looks like... Wagon in the east, wagon in the east, wagon in the yeah. east right now. Yeah. Um. Let's let's do this players draft, Steve. Let's I wish Jake was still on with us. He's, I know. I he's know. being a grinder though. He's uh he's he's going to record the Pay the Bills podcast, which is their football po- train wrecks football podcast about the Bills. Uh. So go check that out for our guy Jake if you like the NFL or if you're especially like the Bills. Me and Steve are going to hold down this draft, though. NBA players draft non-household names. Yeah. So to be clear, before we get into this draft and get roasted, probably in the TikTok comments of, oh, well, you call this a non-household name? I know the 12th man on the Atlanta Hawks. It's We're talking about guys who aren't superstars yet, but they're guys who are making pretty good impacts on their team or have made impacts the past couple of years. These are guys to kind of look out for is maybe they are – going into a breakout season, or maybe it's just a guy people just kind of slept on and they just put up numbers or they, they're just someone who's good for a team. So before we get roasted, let me just put that out there that like we, I get it. Like, you know, the, the, the casual NBA fan may not know a lot of these names, or maybe they'll know the names, but not really know the player too well, but I'm not talking about a diehard who knows the rosters A to Z. If we did non-household names, Donnie, or names you and I didn't know, we're naming guys who aren't dressing most (laughs) guys. We're right? naming G so, League guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so bear with us here. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, you Steve. Start. All right. Oh, you start. Was, you start. We're, we're too friendly today. We're, just, we're chumming it up too much about the Celtics, bro. <laughs> yeah. Um, Stevie Boston is so back. All right. So I, I really had to. I had to refresh my list a couple times because I had far too many Celtics and ex-Celtics players. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm starting with a Celtic, and it's Derek White, man, because he uh, he and I know he's he's teetering with household name now because yeah, he is. <laughs> he, he is. is. Like, I'm I'm drafting him while I can in this type of draft. Derek White, man, he he steals he steals the ball from you. He blocks your shot if you're on a fast break. He'll give you 28 and six threes if he needs to, and he just does all the little things. He shaved his head. Derek White is my first pick in the non-household name draft. All right, and since it's two, I don't think we'll stink. We'll just alternate. I think that okay, probably, yeah, probably be better if it's three. We'll stink. Two, we'll just alternate. I'm gonna go with the first one here, Dunny. Um, because I think he can become a household name just based on the team he plays. I'm talking San Antonio Spurs. And no, I'm not talking the big man. 
I'm talking Devin Vassell. Ooh, Devin Vassell that's not even is the second a, guy I he, thought you were going to say. He is a bucket getter. I'll tell you what, because I, I think that. he emerges over Keldon Johnson this year. Devin Vassell, he missed part of last year due to injury, but he's improved in his points per game and his shooting percentages every year since his rookie year, I believe four years ago now. He was like, he started off, was coming off the bets like five points. Then he jumped to 12. Then he jumped to 18 last year and just, you know, like I think 30 games, didn't start other games. He's a regular starter now. Wemby's going to get all the attention. Keldon Johnson's a great player. But if the, if the San Antonio Spurs, and they're going to start getting closer in these games when they're getting more competitive, they're already, I think, overachieving the way they started this year, just the way they played in games. But when you need a bucket getter, Devin Vassell can get it. He can create off the dribble. He can drive, and he can – dude, He when he gets hot, Donnie, he can go lights out from three. Uh, Devin Vassell is a yeah. name that I don't think a lot of people, because like I said, I don't even know if he's the second guy in the Spurs right now after Wemby. I think you're right. It's probably yeah, Wemby than Keldon. Keldon, I would say so, but I agree, and, man. I don't think enough people know about him. And I think Vassell's probably going to be a guy who right now he's averaging 20 a game. He can play make a little bit too, and we're going to, I think, see that more from him this year. But I would not be surprised if Vassell ended the year around like 23, 24 points a game. I, he, mm-hmm. he is a bucket getter, man. I love that, man. I love that pick. I did not, I didn't even like, I was like, trying to picture who might be on your list, but not, would not thinking of the cell, <laughs> but that's, that's awesome. And I think you might be surprised by my pick here. Okay. Let's hear it. I'm going with Jalen Duran. Dude, he was on my list. He was, was on he? my list. Yes. Wow. Dude, unbelievable. Wait, also, I need to get, is it Duran or Duran? I believe it's, I think, uh, I think it's Duran, but. I, yeah, Jalen Duran. Commentators are watch pronounce it differently. He is so damn good, man. He Dude, was. So I think he's 19 now, but 18 when he came into the league. He he. I mean, he made strides immediately. He yeah. immediately beat out Isaiah Stewart for being the. I, I think the best big on the Detroit Pistons. I don't think it's a debate at this point. No, he he is the big, like the go-to yes. big on this team. Yes. I don't know if people. I think this would shock a lot of people. And it's early, but he right now his season averages are 15 and a half points, 13.3 rebounds, 70 percent, nearly 70 percent from the field, and two blocks to go along with that. Yeah. I mean, he is just a. Uh, He's 6'10", 250. Like, he's got the lanky frame. He's kind of like an old-school center, really. Like, he just runs basket to basket, up and down the floor. He can block shots. He rebounds. Like, I mean, he's third right now in rebounds out of the whole league. Crazy. He's a 19-year-old kid we're talking about. Yeah, so Jalen Duran – Easy slide in for number two right there. That's crazy that we already yeah. had a snipe in the, in the draft. Yeah. And, and this is a guy, too, who, like, doesn't matter the matchup. Like, he dominates the paint. Doesn't matter who he's matched up against. I'm curious yep. to see when they play Philly or something because I'm like, that's a big that might might match up with Embiid a decent decent amount. It, it's crazy. Yeah. He's – he's yeah, and, and like you said, Dunny, his age. We're talking a guy who's, what, five years from his prime? Yeah, <laughs> and he's he's alongside Cade Cunningham yeah. and Jaden Ivey, man. It's it, uh, yeah, you got you got to love the talent there. All right, next one here, and you can yell at me if you're like, "Oh, this is too popular of a name." Steve can't say it. I'm going Portland Trailblazers. I'm going Shaden Sharp. I'm, oh, I'm that's going, great. I'm, that's I'm great, going Shaden Sharp. I know you know those flashy dogs. I have a Trailblazers. You know, some people get too. excited for this guy, but Shaden Sharp is. Dude, he, he might be the go-to offensive option on this Portland Trailblazers team. And people are going to see it now more, especially with Simons out for a good amount of time. Shaden Sharp 
Yeah, he can throw it down. He can make those big dunks. But this is a guy who can shoot the ball well, too. He's averaging over 20 a game so far this year. He's been their go-to guy late in games. And the reason why, you know, I, I love taking Shaden Sharp here is because, you know, the guys who are non-household names who become household names pretty quickly are the guys who go from, oh, he's a pretty good player, to this guy's a star. You got to make my jaw drop. And Shaden Sharp does that, man. Yeah. And it feels like every night he's putting up one or two highlights where you're like, his athleticism is it, I'm it's crazy that I'm saying this, but he has Anthony Edwards type athleticism. He really yeah. does. The stuff that he can do. And Shaden Sharp is someone where I think more people need to realize how good this guy is, because I feel like maybe a little bit at, at the start, it was like, oh, yeah, he, he can make a highlight real play. But is he a good basketball player? Hey, mm-hmm. we talk about a guy who used to be pretty good at dunking and turned into a good basketball player, Mr. Zach Levine. Shaden yeah. Sharp, I think, is on that path where he can like be that, that type of player. Um, Shaden Sharp, he's not just a dunker. He's not just a guy who can put up a highlight here and there. He's a guy who can take over games and make your jaw drop when you're watching. And so much fun to watch, Shaden Sharp. I love it, man. And, yeah, uh, Trista Crick, uh, big Mm-hmm. NBA media personality. She's a Blazers fan. She she tweeted out the other day, like, if Shaden Sharp just the best player on the Blazers right now? Because he, I think he, he might be, he looks like it. I yeah. think he might be. He literally, like, that's not a crazy thing to say four or five games into the season. Yep. I think that's very fair. Um, my next guy is a guy who I think the three of us, like, I'm going Nas Reed. Oh, great pick. Great of the pick. Portland, of, uh, not the Portland, of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yep. He's kind of their backup big. I think he's started a few games this year. Um, he's averaging 16 points, and we kind of saw him coming into his own last year. I mean, this is a guy who played at LSU, who from what I remember, because I've like I've followed him on Instagram since he's been at LSU, so I, I like to think I, I followed the player. He wasn't a shooter, as far as I remember, at LSU. Yep. He all of a sudden this last year developed this great yes. three-point shot. He was shooting 40% from deep before he got injured last year. He's a great compliment to Towns, or he's great to step into Towns' place when Towns doesn't show up in big games, which we've seen from time to time. He has more of a fighting attitude than Towns. He's mm-hmm. not the biggest big, only 6'9", but he plays a lot bigger than he is, long wingspan. I I really – and he, he's shooting over 40 – he's shooting 42% from three yeah. this year. On 16, 16 points a game, I just I just think uh, my list, I, I'm trying to do guys that I like and then also mm-hmm. guys who are crushing it and maybe a lot of people don't know about these yeah. guys. And I think, I think Nas Reed fits all those categories. I, I think Nas Reed's a great pick. My next one might be a little, a little chalk here because I think he's starting to finally get noticed. Um, but this is a guy, Donnie, you and I both love. We've been we've been hyping up this guy since he came into the league. Let's he has it. a name, but we call him Bucket and Happy Hour Hoops. It's Cam Thomas. It's Cam oh, Thomas. All right. I know Cam it. Thomas. I know Cam Thomas had his three straight 40-point games, and people are like, who's this Cam Thomas guy? I know Cam Thomas was a bucket at LSU. I know Cam Thomas has started the year – for the uh, Brooklyn Nets averaging what? He was averaging over, thir- I think, 33 points a game at one point. I, I think it went down a little bit, but still around 30 points a game. Dude, Cam Thomas is a bucket. Cam Thomas is a bucket, and this is the perfect piece that the Brooklyn Nets need, right? Cam Thomas is that type of guy where I said the only thing holding him back from last year, the only thing that was holding him back is that he was a liability 
defensively. And there's there's yeah. one th- there's two things you could do to uh, get get more minutes on the floor. It's a you have to get better at defensively, or b you have to give your coaching staff no other options. <laughs> and his defense still has to come around a little bit. But you can't justify not playing this guy. Thirty plus points in the first three games this season. He had thirteen last night, kind of a down night, but he's averaging twenty eight. And he's shooting everything. And what's scary about this guy is what his biggest like weakness right now and his scoring ability is his three-point shooting. But this is a guy who can shoot. So if it's a guy who can shoot's biggest weakness is his three-point shooting, I'm feeling all right, Donnie. I'm feeling okay. He is relentless too. Does not matter his age, does not matter his size. He is always looking to attack. And if you want to be a guy who's a bucket getter, if you want to be a guy that people are going to notice, you have to be fearless. And Cam Thomas, he has no fear. There is not a he is never never wanting to back down from the spotlight or back down from taking those Big clutch shots. Dude, Cam Thomas is just a walking bucket, and I love watching Cam Thomas, man. Ain't, ain't shit funny. One, one, he gave us one, <laughs> one of the best quotes of last year, too. Yo. I uh, I tweeted out the other day from the Happy Hour Hoops account. Uh, he was third in the NBA in points per game. A, a few games have been played since then. He dropped, but he's still in the top 10. He's still – Yeah, he's, he's, he's number nine right now over Kevin Durant, Jokic, Hero, Insane. and Anthony Davis. In, insane. Cam Thomas, that's what we're talking about. It's And, oh, and so you know bad. what helps him probably stay on the floor too is a lot of his shots that he got were before that Mikael Bridges trade happened last year. Yeah. So having guys like Mikael, having guys like Cam Johnson alongside him yep. – it kind of shadows the the lack of defensive effort or lack of defensive ability from Cam Thomas, and that that's probably another reason um, why why he's getting the minutes and he's able to to show his stuff. And like you said, he's just giving the coaching staff no choice. I mean, what you go you out there and you keep dropping thirty, you're not going to sit the guy. <laughs> it's like it's like oh yeah, he had to start because someone was out. It's like next game that guy's back. Cam Thomas still starts. It's like why? Well, because yeah. he scored thirty six last night. Yeah. We can't justify this guy going back to the bets. We got to play him, and he's the perfect piece that Brooklyn needs. I think he's yeah. the perfect piece because he's that guy who can get you a bucket when you need late game. And last year it was like easy to say it was an anomaly. Like, yeah, he had three. Yeah, he had three big games in a row after Kyrie got traded. Nets don't really have yeah, championship aspirations this year. Minutes yeah, of, yeah. And this year it's like you can't keep saying that, man. He's no. he's done it for multiple stretches now. And even if it's streaky, you need those those players eat in the NBA too, man. Yeah. Like streak, streaky scores live in the NBA. They're on every team. Mm-hmm. Um, people like to have guys that can drop 30. That's, that's, that's just where we're at in the NBA. Um, yeah, I love that pick from Cam Thomas. My next one is he's not the flashiest of guys. I think people know, know about him for the most part. It's Bruce Brown with the Pacers. We, like we talked that. about him. Um, I mean, you know, you talk about a pivotal, pivotal piece to the Denver Nuggets championship last year. It's Bruce Brown. Yeah. And I love that one that he got paid because it's deserving. And I love that Indiana brought him in. He's one of the only like vets on that team. And he's still only 27 years old, but he's just a guy who will do everything. And he's a guy that pisses off the opposition and especially their fans, because mm-hmm. I remember watching Nets games and I, you know, not that I was rooting against the Nuggets last year, but you almost like feel when he comes into a game, he's not a guy that's ever going to kill you with his scoring. 
but he he can he gets tap in offensive rebounds. If teams leave him open, he'll hit three threes in a row, and then all of a sudden the Nuggets are now the Pacers go on a nine zero run. He yep. he just does the little things. He'll annoy the shit out of your star player at the yeah. beginning of the game last night. He, he and Tatum got into it like three minutes into the game. Yeah, um, it's it, he's just one of those guys that when I watch, I'm I'm like, oh hell yeah, like Bruce Brown's on the court. I'm I'm honed in right now. No, um, I, I like that, and he's a guy too. You know, I love the guys that are both as good defensively as they are offensively, and that's Bruce yeah. Brown in, in a nutshell, right? He plays just very solid at both. No, I like that pick. All right, last pick here. I'm I'm between two guys. One guy's a little more popular than the other. Um, Let's see, Dunny. Who do I want to go here? I'm going to go with the more popular guy. I know he's – and probably people are like, household name. Are you kidding me? This guy's a casual. But he needs his flowers, and it's Franz Wagner. It's Franz yes. Wagner, man. Franz I was Wagner. If someone on the Magic was going to get picked. Everyone wants to talk about Bancaro, and I get it. He had an unbelievable rookie season, and Bancaro is the future of this team, and he's incredible, number one overall pick. But Franz Wagner has done no wrong since he's entered the league. He was one of those guys you watch in college basketball at Michigan, where you watch him and you're like, this guy, no matter where he goes, he's gonna he's gonna be a good fit in the NBA because he just does. Everything you ask of basically a stretch forward, he can do it. He can handle the ball. He can shoot the ball. He can play defense. He can stretch the floor. He can play make. It does not matter. Franz Wagner can do everything. And I just, I see him improving again to the point where I look at this year and I'm like, Franz Wagner might be the guy for the magic. I know his shooting splits are down a little bit, his field goal percentage, but he's still averaging 18 points right now. He's got six rebounds, three assists. Like this is a guy that just can do everything you kind of ask. And he's the perfect, I think, compliment to a player like Van Caro, where there's going to be a lot of attention on Van Caro. And every now and then he could just take over a game. And he's someone, like I said, he's shoot the three. He'll drive. He can facilitate the offense. I think Franz Wagner is someone who, like I said, the casual fan, even people will know the name. Like we obviously, the diehard basketball fans know who Franz Wagner is. You know, I've watched him in Michigan, watched him since he came into the league. But he's someone I yeah. think who just he he needs he needs his flowers, Dunny. He needs people to recognize him a little more because I think people know the name, but don't really realize he's a very, very good basketball player. And this is a guy that we could see potential all-star game selection and i could see a guy potentially averaging like 27 in four 26 and four something like that where he could do what you ask and not to mention too, he's got good size this is this guy who's 6'9 225 yeah. we're not talking about us this is a big stretch forward like that's pasia type size um yep. franz wagner really like him he deserves he deserves at least a shout out you know i know i know it's not you know a nobody and he's a starter and he's one of the big guys on the magic, but not enough people talk about Franz Wagner. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think many, I, I would guess like just like an average of someone who watches a couple games a week. If they're not a magic fan, I I probably think they wouldn't know. Him. Yeah. So I think the pick's fair. My last one, I was between a few guys. Um, it just felt right. And I, he's had some bright spots and I think it's only going up from here. Robert Williams, and it's uh, a <laughs> I it's knew a, you'd it, say Robert Williams. Yeah, it's a heart pick because I think 
I think, you know, just off the court, I think he's one of the coolest dudes in the NBA. Like, yeah. there's just a certain swagger about the Time Lord that is appealing. And I don't know who, how many Portland games you've watched, but Rob's missed some time already. He has a 15 to like 18 foot jump shot now that he really barely brought out on the Celtics. He, <laughs> he really didn't shoot it. It was like baseline sometimes, but it was also like, we don't need Rob Williams taking jump shots. Right. But he, he has shown it. And every time I've seen him shoot it, it is nothing but nylon. And you add that to what we know about Robert Williams. He's an incredible rebounder. He does everything that he does above the rim. Lob catcher block blocks, all the shots. Um, and I, I think, you know, he's going to be important for Portland going forward or him and Brogdon are both probably going to be good trade pieces if the, if the trailblazers, you know, decide to go that direction. But yeah, the, my last one shouldn't be a, shouldn't be a surprise. It was Rob Williams. I was going to go Terrence Mann if I didn't go Robert Williams, but yeah, I don't hate that either. Um, yeah. And that was is that uh, five for you, Dunny, or was that four? I think you stuck one extra one in on me. Well, that's what I said. I said I was going to go with Terrence. Mann, oh, yeah. It, okay. Yeah yeah. 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 No, that was Robert. It was Rob, Nas Reed, uh, Derek White, and Bruce Brown. And then, yeah. Okay. And then I had four. Oh, wait. Four. No. No. You had a fifth. You snuck one in on me because you started yeah, the snake draft. You ended the snake. We're, it's yeah. it's our week two of doing a snake draft. We have two people. We didn't even do a snake draft this time. We alternated. We still screwed it up. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I gave you six. <laughs> No, you no, no. You gave me four. You had five because you started. You ended. No, yeah, I'm saying I get. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm get, I said five, and then the, the Terrence Mann was yeah, six. six. Yeah. All right, okay, wait. Man. So scratch that. Rob Williams is not on my list. Jalen Duran over him. Yeah, uh, I was I like, <laughs> because right before we started, I remembered. I don't have Jalen Duran written down. I remembered him. I had Rob, and then I I remembered. I scratched that. All right. You got me, Steve. No, nah, you're um, good. You're good. I'll, <laughs> I, hey, I'll I'll give you I'll give you Rob as your honorable mention. <laughs> so we'll put uh we'll put these we'll put this draft on socials. You guys can let us know who you think won. Maybe next week we'll ask Jake at the top who he thinks won. Um, last thing here, we we talked about the C's. It was uh my birthday this past Saturday, and I got to show the the listeners and the watchers one of my gifts here. Let's see it. It is a premium vinyl Jason Tatum figure. Oh, that's sick. Going to keep this bad boy in the box. I know the glare is bad, so this is this is what it looks like on the that's back sick. here. But yeah, shout out, uh, shout out to my girlfriend, Julia, for getting this for me. And, yeah, me and Steve are excited about the Cs. I got my vinyl, my vinyl hey, Tatum figure. Undefeated. We're yeah. both undefeated. We're both yeah, undefeated. Yeah, Cs and right Mavs. Now. Yeah. So, we're feeling uh, we're feeling good right now. We Donnie and I could talk for the next 24 hours about the Celtics yeah. and Mavs if we're being honest. <laughs> we really could. Um, we thank you guys for for sticking around, listening to the draft at the end. The three of us will be back next week to talk more hoops. Uh, follow Trainwreck Sports. Follow at Happy Hour Hoops One on all socials. Follow along with us if you're watching. Uh, if you have questions or you want us to talk about something in, in the next coming episodes, just let us know. We had some commenters tonight from the YouTube. Shout out JBC. Um, yeah, shout out JBC. I don't know about his take on the Bulls, but hey, we'll see. I'll, <laughs> I'll invite that in the Eastern Conference Finals. I'll, I'd love that. Um, for Steve, Jake, who left early, and myself, have a good night, guys. Enjoy the hoops. See you.